ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, February 12th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you being here with us. Coming up this hour, we are going to hear from Marshall softball coach Megan Smith. She joins me on the program later on to discuss what happened over the weekend. Hey, guess what? The Thundering Herd got some victories. That's right. Thundering Herd did well on the road. Went 4-1 and one at the USD tournament hosted by the University of San Diego. They finished the weekend hitting 336 as a team. They got 46 hits, 32 runs. Also allowed 17 runs, but opponents only hit 187 against them. Outstanding pitching. Abigail Tolbert, Kaylee Williamson both tossed 17 innings, so some great pitching there. And they're back at it. They're going to be at the Battle at the Beach, hosted by Coastal Carolina. That takes place the 15th through the 17th. And Marshall's going to face off against Eastern Kentucky, Coastal Carolina, Presbyterian, Townsend as well. So we're going to talk to Coach Smith here in a few minutes about the season ahead and what just happened, her first real action as the head coach of the Marshall softball team. Now we got a lot to get into. Some Marshall, not some, some not. News of the day has to be Mississippi's football program. They're going to have to vacate 33 wins over six separate seasons as part of its punishment in the recently resolved NCAA infractions case against the school. Now, it's not much, but they still got to vacate them. They vacated wins in 2010, which equal four. 2011, they got to give up two there. 2012, seven wins. 2013, seven wins. 2014, eight wins. And then in 2016, they got to give up five wins. According to documents on the school's website, the 2010 and 11 wins were under Coach Houston Nutt. All the other vacated wins were under Coach Hugh Freeze. The vacated wins include the 2013 Compass Bowl win over Pitt. So you do not get to claim that bowl victory. And, of course, one of the biggest school wins ever the Rebels upset Alabama at home in 2014, 23-17. You remember that game? Well, you should because it was shock to all of us. Fans tore down the goalposts. They carried them through Oxford, all over the place. You remember those days when Marshall fans would tear down goalposts after winning national championships, run them through Huntington? Yeah, it was sort of that scene as well. So... The vacated wins are on top of several other punishments in the case, including a two-year postseason ban, probation, scholarship restrictions. You know how those go. College football might be coming back soon, but it's a ways off. We got college basketball heating up, and of course, we'll talk Marshall basketball with you later on in the week, maybe a little bit today. But we've got big matchups in college basketball all in one day. Number two, Duke. Facing number 16, Louisville, depending on your rankings. 9 o'clock tonight, ESPN. Now, Duke is 9-1 in conference. That's their best start in ACC play since the 2010-11 season. And, you know, that season they started 12-1, and and they went on to win the ACC tournament. And they got a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're doing okay. Now, just a programming note. 
We have that game for you tonight. It's coming up starting at 8.45 p.m. with our pregame. You can listen to Duke and Louisville tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'm sure it's a great game you're missing or you've missed. Other action tonight, number 19, LSU. They're traveling to number 5, Kentucky. Guess what? It's going to be the first meeting between these schools with each team ranked in the AP poll since February 13th of 2000. LSU, however, 1-35 uh, all-time on the road against AP top five teams. The last time they were able to win, their only win, January 28th, 1980 against then number three, Kentucky and Lexington. You remember that, UK fans, right? Big win against UK in 1980. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember it either. I was around, I just don't remember it. 40th meeting between these schools with Kentucky ranked in the top five of the AP poll. The Wildcats are 35-4 and four in the first 39 meetings with their last such loss coming on March 22nd, 1986 in the NCAA tournament. So you know what that means to me? Uh, UK be winning some basketball. You can hear that, of course, on our sister stations. We invite you to tune in tonight. On Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, also on 92.7 and 98.5, the planet. Now, you know, Kentucky has won 10 straight games since losing to Alabama on January 5th. Defense has been really strong. They are allowing 11 fewer points per game during the streak compared with their first 13 games of the season. And, of course, you can tune in here shortly over on our sister station. And then again tomorrow for the aftermath, talk about it all throughout the day. And you can listen to Kentucky Sports Radio starting at 10 a.m. And that's on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Michigan State tonight taking on number 20, Wisconsin. So 11 takes on 20. Michigan State won 18 of its first 20 games, outscoring opponents by 16.7 points per game. And the Spartans, they reached number 6 in the AP poll. They've now lost three of their last four games. They did win their last game, but all to unranked opponents. So trouble there. Michigan State averaged 83.8 points per game in their first 20 games of the season, but they have scored fewer than 80 in its last four games. I mean, this was a team that a week ago had a 65% chance to win at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title. Now, guess what? According to BPI, the Spartans have a 34% chance to win or tie for the title. That's third highest in the conference behind Purdue at 63% and Michigan at 39%. Wow, the mighty have fallen. You've also got number 12, Purdue, taking on number 24, Maryland, tonight. Purdue has won five straight games against Maryland, with each game being decided by single digits. Carson Edwards led the Big Ten in scoring with 24.6 points per game. That ranks seventh in Division One. That is on pace to be the most by any Big Ten player in the last 20 seasons. Also the most by Purdue player since Glenn Robinson did it. 1993-94 season. Oh, just 30.3 a contest. That's all. That's that's average, right? That's just your average there. So we've got Marshall news coming up. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the basketball team. There's some news coming out of track and field. We'll talk about all of that when we continue. Also, uh, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Marshall softball team. Megan Smith joins us. Great start. Four and one. 
Can they do it again? Can they do it again? No pressure. We'll find out uh, how the new coach feels about her squad and what the outlook looks like so far when we continue with this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, February 12th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Time to welcome to the program now. Outstanding start to the season. That means the pressure's on. I'm sure she wouldn't have it any other way. We've got the head coach of the Marshall softball team, Megan Smith, joining us. And Thundering Herd go four and one. That's a great start, Coach. I'm sure you would like to have five and zero, oh, but four and one still pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're pleased with four and one, but honestly, uh, you know we we should be five and zero oh right now. So we we have uh, high expectations, and uh, but but really excited about how our our team played this past weekend. Was everything where you expected it to be? I know. When you have a new coach, a new position, you know, you're still filling out the team. The team's still feeling out you as far as what the relationship's going to be, what you have talent-wise, how they perform. And when you finally see them face off against other players, other teams, you know, what did you see out there that maybe surprised you or was everything in line with your expectations? You know, honestly, we had a really good sense of uh, our strengths and weaknesses going into the weekend. Um you know, but being new and never really seeing them compete against other teams, uh, you know, you, you never know if you're you're on track or not with what you think. And I feel like uh, we we performed well in the areas we thought we would and the areas that we performed poorly. We anticipated that, um, you know, so I felt like we had a good sense going in. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the uh, one of the things that was a bright spot, you never know how they're going to bounce back from adversity. Uh, and, and I was really pleased. Um, and not surprised, but pleased with the fact that, you know, our, our entire team um, has good resilience and, and definitely bounced back from adversity really well. So that was good to see. So you start 4-1. and one, You hit as a team 336, 46 hits, 32 runs. Uh, you gave up 17 runs, but again, opponents only hit 187 against you. So really on top of everything offensively and defensively. And you got some great pitching out there. Abigail Tolbert, Kaylee Williamson, both out there for 17 innings each. So all in all, it seems like uh, everything firing in all cylinders. I mean, I don't want to overhype it now because you still got the rest of the season to go, but it looked pretty good from uh, from afar. Yeah, you know, I think um, one of the things that I thought would be a strength of ours was we have experience in the circle coming back with Abby Tolbert and K.K. Williamson. Um, and Allie Burdett uh, as, a, as a senior, and, and I thought that would be a strength of ours in terms of their poise and confidence, and that certainly showed this weekend. Um, you know, and offensively from the fall, we felt really, really good about our offense and how they performed in practice and in fall games. So, you know, that, that was a huge highlight, seeing how great our offense did. Um, you know, honestly, the, the one area of improvement that we thought we'd have to make is defensively. We've given up too many free passes pitching-wise and also – um, you know, too many miscues on defense, too many errors. So that's something we need to clean up. But, 
you know, a good start, good to learn, uh, kind of learn what we need to work on and, and get back to work today and tomorrow before we head down to Conway. Yeah, Battle of the Beach, you're uh, going down to South Carolina. You're going to face off against Eastern Kentucky, Presbyterian, Townsend, Coastal Carolina. They're the host of the event. So what can you tell us about the, your upcoming opponents? Of course, uh, Herd fans should be a little bit more familiar with Eastern Kentucky, at least reputation-wise, but Coastal Carolina is pretty strong as well. Yeah, both of those teams are, are strong teams. You know, Eastern Kentucky preseason um, conference champ out of their conference, and they had a great season last year. Um, you know, their offense is uh, is really dynamic and really strong. Everything that we've seen and heard is that we're going to have to out hit them, uh, and you know that's something that will be a good test for our pitchers um, to see how they can respond to an offense as potent as Eastern Kentucky. Uh, and then Coastal Carolina is always a, a very solid team and. You know, the type of team that plays really well at home. If you look at their home record from last year, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. So they're great at home. And um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good test for us to play those teams. And we have three games, two against Eastern Kentucky and one against Coastal. Uh, so those all three will be big, big tests. And then we have Towson and Presbyterian, um, which both have started uh, strong uh, to their season. Presbyterian uh, got two wins and, and two ties. But they're 2-0. and They haven't lost a game. And then Towson, um, you know, is, is a strong offensive team as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good test. But, you know, we have a lot of information from this past weekend. Our offense is confident. Our pitchers are confident. And, and we're going to clean up some things on defense. And uh, it'll be fun to see how we compete against uh, that caliber, those caliber of teams. Has this early part of the season really been a blessing for you? Because you haven't been at home yet. You've been on one tournament. You're going to your second tournament. Then you'll have your third tournament. And, Really, this gives you more of an opportunity to, to really uh, get to know your team, bond, as if that hasn't been going on already. But, I mean, now you're actually going on the road as a team. You know, you're not going your separate ways after a game's over. I mean, you're all together, hotel room, bus, plane, whatever you're doing. Uh, has this maybe been uh, more beneficial for you as you get started as the head coach of the Herd? Absolutely. I, I love, you know, a lot of people – um, maybe aren't super excited about going on the road early in the season as much, but you know I, I see it as a big benefit. I think that we get our uh, players together. Uh, we are able to have them focus completely on softball and, and schoolwork that they have to do. Um, you know they're staying in the hotel, so there's no distractions. Uh, we're always eating meals together. We've got time to meet and do video review. You know I think it's a huge benefit. And this past weekend. Um, you know, having that time together as a team, especially being a new coach, learning them, learning how we do things on the road and how we manage games and um, us kind of walking them through that and spending time with them. I think it's a huge benefit, honestly. And, you know, we'll have the next few more weeks on the road. And, and I think it's just going to make us a stronger team on and off the field. Has there been a big learning curve uh, when, you, when you got in here? Obviously, when we talked last time, uh, you were super excited for what you had to work with, what uh, what new toys you had. But now just getting entrenched in the program, in the system, and expecting certain things out of these young ladies, has it been a, a hard transition, easy transition? You know, What's the transition been like maybe is what I'm asking. I mean, for me, it's been easy. I, I came into a situation where the players were eager um, for what was in store. Um, they welcomed me and our staff. Um, with open arms and open minds, and you know they've definitely bought into how we do things and what we stand for uh, as a staff, and you know what our core values of the program will be, and and they've uh, 
you know, they've made the transition really easy, honestly. We have 20 outstanding young young women on our team, um, and, and I'm talking about them as people. They are unbelievable people of high character who love Marshall and were, were ready. We're ready for me to come in and ready to listen and, and, um, and help me get acclimated and help me feel welcome. Um, you know, so I, the transition has been easy. And on the field, you know, they're eager to learn. They work extremely hard. Um, you know, they, they take um, coaching really well and make good adjustments. And so we've seen a lot of improvements from them from fall to now. And, you know, I think it's, transitions are tough um, for coaches and for players, but I think uh, this is about as good as, as I could have imagined. Joining us on the program, Marshall softball coach Megan Smith. Her squad goes 4-1 and one at the University of San Diego tournament. Now back on the road, battle at the beach. Yeah, the beach. I mean, that's 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 really terrible, going to the beach. I know. That's tough. That's a tough life that we have. But you know what? When we're on the road, we could be – it doesn't matter if we're at the beach or not. We don't get to see the beach. You know, we're pretty much at the field and at the hotel. So, But it's, it's going to be nice to – I think the weather is there calling for a little bit of rain, but temperature-wise, it's going to be even nicer than San Diego, so we're looking forward to that. Now, you've got the trip to Conway, South Carolina, and then you wrap up on the 17th. Are you just going to maybe just, oh, the bus broke down. It's going to be a couple of days. We're going to go to the beach and then head over to Charleston, South Carolina. Is that going to happen? <laughs> no, I wish. That would make it a lot easier, but no, we got to get back and get to class for a few days, and then we'll head back down to Charleston. I know it's got to be tough, though. Uh, it's fun to get on the road, but uh, it's going to be February 27th before uh, Herd fans get to see you at the dot and you get to open up against Ohio, which will make it even more exciting. But still, um, it's um, it seems like uh, I can't believe softball is finally here. I know. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, especially as a new coach, you think you have a lot of time to get ready, and then all of a sudden the first game's here. So it, it gets here fast, and the season starts, and the season, it goes even faster. So um, you know, we're we're going to take it day by day. But, you know, we are excited to get back home and play at some point. But we've got some bu- some business to take care of elsewhere until then. Well, it was uh, it was exciting to follow along, uh, listening to some of the games uh, as much as I could. It was fun to follow along. And uh, it's a great start. Uh, and you're right. You know, you should be five and oh, we won't argue that here, but you should be five and oh, instead of four and five. And, you know, you just can't get them all. But uh, that was a great start, so congratulations. Uh, I'm glad it's working out for you, and uh, it was a, a great initial start for you. I guess the pressure's on now to do it again. Can you go 4-1, and 5-0 and oh again? I mean, I don't want to put pressure on you. No, you know, well, honestly, we're going to take it game by game, but if we uh, if we take care of what we need to take care of, if we play the game like we know we can play it, we're going to be able to compete to win every game we play. And, you know, that's our intent and that's our expectation. Uh, will we win every game? You know, who's to say? We don't know that. But all we can do is focus on – you know, what we need to do as a team to get better and, and the goals that we have um, for each game. And, you know, if we can if we can take care of that, we're going to be competing to win every single game. And like I said, that's that's our goal, to compete, to, to be in the game, to be able to win it every single game. Coach, congratulations. I know it's an early start, but still it's a great start, 4-1. and one, And you're back at it February 15th, taking on Eastern Kentucky. Uh, bright and early, 9.30 a.m., but uh, still – uh, it's uh, hey, you're, come on, you're at the beach. You know what are you doing? You're not complaining at all. You're at the beach. Beautiful weather. You're going to be good. Absolutely, yeah. And you know we had some early games this weekend and performed well in them. So you know we're uh, we're just every time we can go out and compete against another team, we're excited to do that. And you know I, I say all the time that 
these these young women dream of doing this their whole life, and it's just exciting. Every time we get the chance to put the Marshall jersey on and go out and compete, um, we're we're excited and ready to do it. Well, hopefully, some hurt fans will uh, follow you down to the beach just uh, because it'll be a nice road trip for them. But if not, uh, I know a lot of us will be back here listening and uh, following along and. Congratulations once again. Uh, outstanding start. Hope to have you back soon. And uh, let's hope we're talking about maybe 9-1 uh, and one instead of 4-1. and one. That would be great. I would love that. That would be wonderful. Coach, congratulations. Thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's Megan Smith, head coach of the Marshall softball team. Her squad goes 4-1. and one. Now they take on Eastern Kentucky, Coastal Carolina, Presbyterian, and Townsend. Townsend, of course, uh, will be on Sunday February 17th, 9.15 in the morning, and you can follow all those games over on the student radio station on campus at Marshall University, WMUL. Quick shout-out to those folks over there who uh, do a great job of following the herd during softball season. All right, we'll take our next break. We'll come back. Uh, We've got news of the day to get into. We'll get your phone calls in as well on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite. Hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. The original light beer. We got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, February 12th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Big game coming up on Thursday. The Thundering Herd will try to get back into the winning ways. They'll take on UAB. It is block cancer night for the Thundering Herd. The Mike Lee Foundation is partnering with Conference USA for the block cancer initiative that is taking place throughout the month of February to raise awareness for prostate cancer with each Conference USA school choosing one conference game as its block cancer event. And Marshall's game has been designated against UAB as the block cancer event. Now, tip time is set for 8 o'clock. We're going to have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. So looking forward to that. We go on the air. 7.30 is going to be airtime for Steve Cotton. That means we go on the air with our pregame at 6.30. And I'm going to be at the Cam Henderson Center. Looking forward to joining you there. It's going to be fun. Heard back at home. Hopefully they can bounce back. They'll get the win against uh, UAB. And if they can, uh, try to at least uh, make a play for that first pod. If not, at least sit atop the second pod. Whatever happens, they're going to get a few more bonus games, and then they're going to play in the Conference USA tournament. You just hope they get into that first pod. Southern Miss is going to have to drop a couple, and Marshall's going to have to win out for that to happen. If that doesn't, though, still you got bonus play, as it's being called, and then you get into the tournament, and you, you just play your way to the championship. That's it. And I know Coach D'Antoni was talking to, uh, I know Rick McCann over the Herald-Dispatch was over at practice yesterday, and I was reading a little bit of his story today. Uh, And he's just talking about, hey, need the fans to come back. Make sure you're here. Need you. Don't lose faith. You got four more home games to do that, to, to check in, make sure that you're supporting the herd. And I'm not saying bail out. I don't think anyone's saying bail out. Now, I'm sure Thursday's crowd might be a might be dipped a little bit just because it's it's Thursday. It's Valentine's Day. I don't know. I don't know if that's a factor, really. I'm kind of curious. I'll be looking at that crowd on Thursday going, okay, are there people here? 
Are there people maybe, hey, we'll come back on Saturday. We've got things we're doing on Valentine's Day. I know some of you probably avoid that day like the plague. Instead, you'll look at the Marshall game and go, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to do anything for Valentine's Day other than uh, a nice meal, which, good luck. It's Valentine's Day. I don't know where you'll go out the dinner. It's an 8 o'clock game, too. It's a later game. So it's a later game, hour more than you're used to, give or take. So I don't know if that's going to impact the crowd. I don't like the 8 o'clock game. I think Huntington's good with being a, a game at 7. You get off work. You get plenty of time to get ready for the game. Go have a nice bite to eat. Go to the game. Now on Saturday, if it's a later game, I'm fine with that because it's Saturday. And you can plan around that. You can plan your day. I like the evening game probably more than I like the early game, only because it's at the end of the day. Or if you get the early game, you get it real early, then you can have the rest of your day, have the rest of your weekend. Whatever the case may be, I'm kind of curious what that crowd is going to be. I don't think it's going to dip too far just because of the fact that it's been really solid. Marshall's got the best attendance in Conference USA right now. That's good. You need that. And... I know Thursday is probably going to be a little bit more of a challenge than Saturday. You've got UAB coming in. Thundering Herd definitely could use some support. I say they come in and win this one. I say Marshall wins this one. They get back home. I don't think the road has been the excuse. And I think Coach really addressed that as well, talking to the guys yesterday over at practice. Again, you know, read Mirk McCann's story at the Herald-Dispatch. I encourage you to check that out. And... Just telling everyone, hey, look, it's not the road. It's it's just poor shooting. And that's been the truth. Poor shooting. I think you rely a little bit too much on the three, but it's not my style of play. If there's an open shot, you take it, right? If it just happens to be a three-pointer, you take it. I like to see them go in a little bit more, but you know, maybe they just don't have what it takes to dictate that. So you take the outside shot. Everyone's got to be a shooter, though. Everyone's got to be a threat for hitting the outside shot. So that's going to be your game on Thursday. We'll talk more about that as the week progresses, but it's going to be the Block Cancer Initiative game, and that's the game Conference USA and the Mike Lee Foundation has designated for the Thundering Herd. Now, Conference USA football news today. FIU defensive coordinator Brent Guy is leaving the Panthers after two seasons. Hey, he was a pretty good asset for Butch Davis. He ran the defense in the best two-year run in FIU history, 8-5 in 2017 and a school record 9-4 with a win in the Bahamas Bowl last season. He says he's stepping away to tend to personal family responsibilities. Totally understand and respect that, whatever those may be. Totally get this after all. At the end of the day, it's just a job. It's just a job. It's just a game. And he's been a guy who's been on the football sidelines for more then 30 years, he's been in a relationship with Davis going back to the early 1980s at Oklahoma State. Played for the Cowboys when Davis was an assistant at the school. Now, FIU is yet to announce his replacement at coordinator. But again, jobs are going all over the place looking for best coordinator here, best assistant there. It's a fun time of the year. If you're a coordinator or you're an assistant, you're a guy looking for a job or looking to move up, There are openings all over the country. Some people are moving around. Some people are getting their first start. So FIU's in need. So that opens the door for someone there. FIU's been a program, I'll tell you, 
They've really stepped their game up in football. I give them that. I give them that, and I give FAU credit as well. They've really stepped up their game in football. And Marshall, Marshall's right there, just about. Marshall is right there as far as in conference. Out of conference, still got a little work to do, I think. Didn't really succeed well against the high-profile teams this year on your schedule. You beat virtually everybody else. Uh, MTSU was going to be a tough out for you just because of their situation. But at the end of the day, I think Marshall football is right there. Plus, Marshall ends the season on a high note. I get why you love the bowl game because you end the season on the high note and you get probably one of the coolest trophies in college football for a bowl game. It's a pirate chest. Like, how cool is that? At least you can you see that trophy and it just all of a sudden you want to talk about it. Like, what is this pirate trophy here? Oh, yeah, that's our that's our win from the uh, Gasparilla Bowl. Bad Boy Motors, Gasparilla Bowl. Bad Boy Mowers, Gasparilla Bowl. I just like saying that. Bad Boy Mowers, Gasparilla Bowl trophy. That's what that is. And it looks really nice. And you'll see that on merchandise and material all year long. Game programs, promotional videos, promotional photos. Website, you'll see that trophy. It's it's pretty nice. So I know why you like the bowl game, even though there are 500 of them, it feels like. If you win that, hey, you end the season on a positive note. Hey, look, hey, we won our bowl. We won our bowl. Got a good recruiting class, won our bowl. Everything's looking good for the Thundering Herd. I know we're talking football. We always seem to be talking football. Basketball is coming up later this week, the Thundering Herd taking on UAB, and that is coming up on Thursday. Again, 8 o'clock is going to be your tip time. We go on the air. 6.30 is our air time, 7.30 Steve Cotton time, and you can catch it all right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. we got more on the way. It's The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Phone numbers to be a part of the program, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to join me on the Miller Lite phone lines right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for tonight's edition of the program. Don't forget, if you miss any part of tonight's show, you can always go back. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn. You can also go to the website, wrvc.com. Busy weekend ahead for Marshall Basketball. Of course, Conference USA as well. Several games going on. You've got Rice taking on FIU this week. North Texas is going to take on Florida Atlantic. UTEP is at Louisiana Tech. UAB is at Marshall. Of course, you know that when Middle Tennessee is going to be at Western Kentucky. Uh, UTSA at Southern Miss. And right now, standings look like this. Old Dominion is 10-3. and UTSA is 9-3. and And then you've got North Texas at 8-4. and Also receiving votes in the top 25. Western Kentucky's worked their way to 8-4. and They're in that top pod right now. And then you've got Southern Miss at 7-5. and Now, Southern Miss taking on UTSA. And then UTEP. If Southern Miss gets beat by UTSA and then Marshall wins over UAB, both those teams are going to be 7-6. and six. But Southern Miss has got the tie. Obviously, a 50-point tie breaker. Saturday, Charlotte's at Old Dominion. 
Rice will take on Florida Atlantic. Middle Tennessee is at Marshall. North Texas is, of course, at FIU. UTSA taking on Louisiana Tech. UAB is at WKU. And UTEP is at Southern Miss. Now, again, if UTEP can pull out a win against Southern Miss and Marshall can beat Middle Tennessee, then Marshall is in the top pod because Marshall will then be 8-6. and six, And then you have a UAB team that will be 7 and seven. I'm sorry, it's a Southern Miss team. I've got UAB right in the middle. And that's the thing. You gotta beat UAB. You don't beat UAB tonight. It's you're in the second pod. You don't beat UAB on Thursday. You're in the second pod. Just plain and simple. And North Texas, UTSA, Old Dominion, they're pretty much locked. They're not going anywhere. Western Kentucky's not going anywhere. They're not dropping out of this pod. Because at worst case, they would be eight and six. If they would lose both of these things, they would be eight and six. And I don't see them dropping out. Again, Southern Miss is going to be the, the team you got to look at here. They're seven and five. Can they lose two and can you win two? Or can you win two anyway and just go ahead and finish strong? Of course, Old Dominion's on a four game winning streak. UTSA's on a three game winning streak. And then you've got North Texas. Uh, they lost one, but. Overall, their last 10, they're 6-4. and four. They're 20-5 and five overall. They've had a great run. Western Kentucky's 15-10. and 10. They've improved. They've won their last four. And Southern Miss has won their last four as well. Whereas Marshall, Marshall's lost their last three, and UAB's lost their last four. So anything's possible there. Marshall in their last 10, 4-6. Sitting at 13-2 and two overall. Uh, offense has gone down a little bit. They're uh, now averaging 79.2 a contest, and they are giving up 83 points a contest. Uh, they are 9-2 and two at home, 4-10 and 10 on the road. And so if they can get these next two, they will be 11-2 at home, and then they'll have to go on the road for a couple and play a couple more at home. That's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen. Once we get the pod, then we can sit here and gain this a little bit more. But at the moment... You just don't know what's going to happen because you don't know where you're going to end up. Are you going to be facing off again against maybe Old Dominion, UTSA, North Texas, possibly Western Kentucky? Or are you going to be facing off against maybe Louisiana Tech, FIU, FAU, Rice maybe? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, Middle Tennessee's uh, played their way out of uh, at least the cellar, but they're trying to work their way up. And really, you've got five teams that could try to improve their chances because middle is five and seven rice is five and seven fau and fiu five and seven louisiana tech five and seven so all these teams are trying to jockey to stay out of the bottom right now the only thing that's a constant here is utep and charlotte they're going to be playing in that third pod charlotte if they win these next two they're going to be five and ten five and ten and could they win the next two, be 5-10, and ten, and then win the next four, and be 9-10 and ten in league? Could they do that? Would that get them 8-10, and 9-10? I think they're getting four games. The, uh, the top two pods I know are getting four games. Middle Tennessee, they're trying to play their way into the second pod. Uh, right now, Rice is trying to play their way in the second pod. Uh, the good news is um, for Rice... They've got a shot. Maybe Middle Tennessee's maybe got a shot. The Florida schools. 
And here's the thing, the Florida schools, they take on Rice and also they take on you know North Texas. So Florida Atlantic takes on North Texas and Rice, and then FIU flips that. They take on North Texas and Rice as well. So let's say somebody gets lucky here. Rice could be bumped down. Rice could lose the next two. Say Rice loses to the Florida schools. Rice could then drop down to five and nine. I think that puts them in the uh, bottom. Middle Tennessee, if they can win, and I think that's going to be tough for them. It's all jumble. I I don't have a clear scenario. I'm going to know more, and you will as well, on Thursday after it's all said and done. But the only thing I'm pretty sure is right now is UTEP and Charlotte locked in the bottom. Old Dominion and UTSA are locked. I think North Texas is locked as well. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any movement between Southern Miss and Marshall and UAB, if any of that's possible. But that's it. I mean, Southern Miss has got to lose against UTSA, and that's possible. So they could lose that one, and then they got to lose against UTEP. And not so much. And UTEP's on the road. And you know what UTEP's done on the road? UTEP on the road is a abysmal 0-9. Southern Miss at home, what have they done? At home, they're 8-2. Southern Miss has been strong at home. They're 6-6 six six on the road, 8-2 at home. And Southern Miss has won their last four. So they're hot right now. I think that's your that's your pod right there. Old Dominion, UTSA, North Texas, Western Kentucky, Southern Miss. And what's that going to do for the crowd? Well, the sh- fans show up, support the herd, say, hey, we got four more games at home. Look at it this way. Or will some fans go, okay, you know, you're, you're not playing for anything right now. Uh, you're out of the hunt for a conference championship regular season. You know, we'll re- regroup. I don't know if I'm excited for – Marshall and possibly Rice. I don't know if I'm excited for Marshall and possibly FIU, FAU. I don't know if I'm excited for that. Or, hey, I'm going to see UAB again because Marshall's going to play these guys. I don't know if it'll be a home game or a road game, what the schedule is going to be. That's my curiosity. It's just what the response is going to be. And guess what? We're out of time. That does it for this edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Back tomorrow to do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM station.